0: Log Talk Radio. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a
0: ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, the terror.
1: Your every wish is our command.
2: Oh, a welcome welcome to to the and welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is talking to terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the king of horror, Andy G. Welcome you back to this episode of the show where tonight it's my film pick of the week. So we're going to be talking about 1984's Splatter University directed by Richard W. Haynes. And of course, I'm always joined by the golden, the beautiful, the golden Gate Keith. Three
1: months later, yesterday, tomorrow. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to next week's episode that aired <laughs> a month ago. On talking,
2: Terry. <laughs> time has no meaning in of the of adversity. We'll find out later on in the show. But um, I'm looking forward to having some fun with that. Um, but, yeah, uh, and I'll talk about it, you know, why I picked it. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun time. But, of course, uh, we're going to be joined by the demonic dean at a certain point. Uh, but while he isn't here, Ghoul, Friday night, a certain People's Champion returned to SmackDown to stare down Roman Reigns.
1: Who? It doesn't matter who! That's who. Yes, <laughs> indeed. So Rock, the People's Champion. The Rock, you know, the one, if you can... Sm- what the rock is cooking has come back to the WWE. Like we predicted, like we said was gonna happen. And funny enough, but considering how much complaining there was over the stale Roman Reigns storyline. How much complaining there was that Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns too. How silly. How many fucking complaints? And yet The Rock shows up and the entire WWE universe explodes and suddenly is pro Cody. Oh, this isn't fair. Oh, why are they bring the rocket? Like like what the fuck, people? Like what <laughs> in the fuck? Like I don't get it anymore I really don't understand I don't understand the fan base I feel like it's like a microcosm Of this country as a whole Like you give them what they want And they bitch and fucking moan You don't give them Mm -hmm. what they want And they bitch and they fucking moan So you know what If all you're going to fucking do Is bitch and fucking moan all the time Fuck you
2: Oh Mm -hmm. So fucking right and did you see that the, the Rock Staring Down Roman Reigns on YouTube on the WWE channel has over three hundred thousand dislikes. Mm. Fuck off. <laughs> I fucking hate that. Like you're really that upset so that he came back that, you know, Cody can't finish his fucking story. He will. You know, but come on. Like, we needed this. We needed this years ago. And we're finally fucking getting it. Don't worry, Cody has a story. He, he's gonna finish it. Like, come on! Like, it's just, it's when I when I messaged you guys on the Facebook uh, uh, Messenger, I was like, "Holy shit, the fucking rock's back!" I was so fucking excited. And mm-hmm. all these other people oh, are like, I Man, right I don't in like it, I saw it. <laughs> right? I was like, "This is fucking great," but yet apparently people are like, "Yeah, I don't like it." So. Give it to The Rock's credit, though, when he heard about all the, the disdain for it, on Monday Night Raw, he purposely told the, the crew backstage to hand everybody out signs that says, we want Cody. He's like, because I want people to be excited for Cody, but, you know, I want that story to be told, but at the same time, like, I also have a story to be told, so it's not like he's fucking over Cody Rhodes, like, he wants that story, but at the same time, it's the fucking Rock, like, it's, we want that story. We've always wanted a story goal. Well,
1: it's not even a matter of, that's what I want more than anything else. You know what I mean? Like what I want is for the bloodline storyline to just finally come to a close. We've had it going on for multiple years now, and it's had some highs, it's had some lows, but it's it's Mm -hmm. ultimately at that point where it just needs to be done. We need to move on. You know, like it's, it's, it's the problem is, and it's, it's, it's not like they've really set this story up and like really laid the groundwork for the rock versus Roman reigns. I get that complaint. This isn't a well-crafted story. It's not something that has been built up and brewing and like working its way, but the the, the good thing about doing it this way is it doesn't, it doesn't need that build-up. The story is built into the family already. It's already there. Mm-hmm. We know some of the best storylines that have ever happened in, in storytelling in general, but in the WWE in particular, is when they take a little bit of the real and mix it right on in. You know, and that that's where this works. You know, the fact that they are related, mm-hmm. the fact that they're both fucking Islanders, you know what I mean? Like, this all makes itself its own storyline. And not to take it away from Cody Rhodes You know, he had his fucking moment He did, and then he got yeah. hurt And that delayed his big moment And that sucks oh, what a It bummer. truly does it, Right? It was a bummer The Dean says it's a bummer And if mm-hmm. the Dean's saying it's yeah. a bummer, you know did it's Did you better.
3: know? I don't want to spoil it But I heard that Richard <laughs> Atherton is going to play Cody in the movie
1: Oh, perfect That's Spoilers, accurate. man You're a fucking spoiler, man yeah, but uh,
0: he's not, he's not party man. <laughs> he's
1: spoiler man.
0: But uh, you know, like you
1: know, like like my problem with the Cody Rhodes thing is, is like, yeah, okay, he wrestled Roman Reigns last year. Ooh, okay. Now, like they really, it's not like they've crafted this fucking Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns storyline for the nope. last year either. You know how they like worked from Wrestlemania 4 to Wrestlemania 5 and over the course of the entire year, you watch this entire fucking rivalry between Hulk Hogan and Randy Macho Man Savage develop like that didn't happen over mm-hmm. the last year no, Roman ended up fighting his fucking, his his cousin you know, they broke it's up, the twins broke up they went to separate fucking divisions you then be. this guy got hurt, that guy got hurt Solo sticks his fucking thumb in the it'll never be back. as good it'll never be as good, absolutely not so like it's not like they've got this cr- this beautifully crafted story that the rock is just coming in and they're like, "Oh, we're scrapping this great tale." No. They're just cr- they're just scrapping the idea of there being a fucking rematch between the same two fucking guys again. Like Cody Rhodes needs to work the fucking, "Hey, my father got screwed by the WWF back in the fucking day. They brought him here, they made him Billy a trip, Graham? And It's about time my fucking family, about time my fucking family gets the respect the Dream. they deserve." in this goddamn company. That's Cody Rhodes' story. That's the fucking thing he needs to be working on. That's why he's the American fucking nightmare, because he's no longer the dream. It's fucking easy! Question,
3: Dave. My question is this, because I just made that comment, it'll never be as good. And, you know, you, you two have continued uh, with wrestling fandom, you know, all the way through to now where mine mm-hmm. uh you know started dying out uh like b- before the Stone Cold era like I never even yeah. watched wrestling when Stone Cold was a character all right but yeah. growing up you know the what I view as like the OG heyday of WWF wrestling was like an incredible era of entertainment as a child of the 80s now the I mean that joke yeah. Uh, yeah, I made that joke a minute ago about oh, it'll never be the same, and, and the ghouls like absolutely it'll never be the same. Like, do kids that and maybe you guys don't know because you're old fucks too, but like, do kids not know today? Like, the kids today, like, look at the wrestling and be like, this is the greatest fucking thing on planet Earth. The way like we might have in the in like the original like Hulk Hogan eat your vitamins era or. Do we look at it now and say it'll never be the same because we're jaded old fucks? Cool.
1: I have an answer, but King, if you if you got one, uh, I'd love to hear yours before I give mine.
2: No, I, I think that we are in a reinvigorated kind of generation. Um, I think that Cody Rhodes, at least, in, in my opinion, uh, is taking up that mantle uh, of Hulk Hogan. He'll never reach that level of Hulk, obviously, but I feel like he is, for kids of this generation watching WWE, he is kind of like that level, where they weren't old enough. They probably weren't even fucking born yet when Hulk was around. But now here's Cody, the American Nightmare, which was also Dustin Rhodes' uh, name back in the day. But he's signing weight belts. He's shaking hands. He's being in the face. Um, I think that's, that's what the kids of this generation have is Cody. Um, but, Ghoul, you know, I, I divulge
0: to you.
1: Uh, I think... All right, so I think Cody Rhodes wants to be the face of the new generation of wrestling. I do think that is is, is what he wants. I think that's obviously mm-hmm. what, the WWE, what the WWE wants. Um, but to answer your initial question, Dean, um, no with a slight lean
0: mm. of mm-hmm.
1: inconsistency. So here's the thing, right? So, like, I think that today's kids watching, um, they, they, that the ones that are watching for the most part now, right, they're watching the WWE, mm-hmm. and because of the network and because of all their, their ability to go back and watch all of the stuff from, and I'm not even talking about going back to our, our era, like the 80s era. Right. I'm talking being able to go back even 10 years ago and watch some of the stuff that WWE was doing. Like Cena was the last
0: the Hulk
1: Hogan level character like that. You know, like mm-hmm. Roman Reigns might have had the, belt, totally. he had the belt for as long as he has, but he's never going to be a star on par with a John yeah. Cena with a Stone Cold, with a Rock, with a Hulk Hogan. Like, those guys hit a level, literally, of immortality, you know, based on the characters, the performances, what they mean, not just to sports entertainment, but what they end up meaning to pop culture in general. You know, I think just about everybody knows The Rock, obviously, from from movies, you know, if not Mm -hmm. wrestling. I think just about everybody knows... Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. Because that became yeah. a fucking pop culture fucking sensation. Everybody had Austin 316 shirts. Um, Hell yeah. You know, that, that was like a, a, a big thing. You know, everybody knows John Cena. You can't see me. He's like fucking, you know, he's like that character that everybody loves and everybody loves to hate. At no point. Mm-hmm. Any of my time watching wrestling Have I ever seen somebody That made the crowd so Divisive you know you would Literally have seen a sucks chance Just as loud as the people cheering For him in every arena Every night and he was The good guy Like, he was never the bad guy. So it was like, wow. Like, the audience couldn't even, like, figure out what the fuck they like about this guy. But the fact that he even, like, within pop culture in general, like movies, you see him on television shows. He's become more of a sensation than just being, you know, relegated to the WWE. Um, So, no, I think the kids watching today, I think they absolutely, I think there's diminishing returns. I think the WWE knows that they can't put out the product that they want to put out, which would be more akin to the shit we were seeing from 2000 to, let's say, like 2012, 2013 or so. Uh, I think because of all the lawsuits, all the fucking injury problems, all of the things that came back and led to things like Chris Benoit, you know, guys like Eddie Mm. Guerrero, Owen Hart, all of those things ended up blasting them in the ass. They took it the hardest because guess what? When all of that came down, they were the only show in business. You know, TNA was doing its thing, which is, you know, like a a small Mm -hmm. side impact wrestling. Like, they were the only competition, and they were nothing. So, being that the WCW, like, they bought out their own competition, and by doing so, they ended up taking all the responsibility of everything negative in the wrestling industry
0: ECW
1: as, well. as well and again like you know you see all of that now you see these guys when we go to conventions and shit yes you know, <laughs> don't get me wrong you know obviously these guys to me, I know that they're legends I know that they're heroes, I know that they put their bodies on the line every fucking time they got in that ring to ha- you know to entertain us, you know like Maximus, are you not entertained? Um, you know, but like, you know, you talk to them, you know, you speak to some of these guys and unfortunately those shots to the head, that damage that they took, some of them could barely fucking put together a coherent sentence at times. You know, Mm -hmm. I met Tito Santana. The guy could barely fucking talk.
0: Oh, he's he's terrible. Yeah.
1: And it wasn't like a language barrier thing. He just, it's like, he's he's incapable of doing it now, you know, Oliva. Um. Yeah, so, so I, I think there's a lot of sad things that happen with it. I think, yeah. I think as a whole, though, yeah. Unfortunately, these kids today, they're not going to see it. But, like the, the the king said, we're at a transition period, and this happens. This happens in wrestling. Eventually, mm-hmm. whether it's in the WWE or if it's in AEW, some new talent is going to come back. Some new talent is just going to come to come to the top. We're going to get some kind of storyline, some kind of faction, something that will bring wrestling back up again and, you know, it'll be, it'll be hot for a little while and then it'll, it'll die down again. It's just how the fucking industry goes. Now,
3: now, now my next calling. question, my next question yeah. is, and this is kind of related to, like, the golden age versus the, the modern era, et cetera, et cetera, and I have mm-hmm. no concept at all of any of the regular performers in the modern era. And this also could be a byproduct of being 12 years old. But like, as a 12-year-old watching the golden age of WWE, watching those performers, watching Hogan, watching the Macho Man, watching the others of that ilk, like, also possibly is a byproduct of youth, but watching these characters and believing that those people were those characters, not mm-hmm. people that were playing characters. And I feel like any tiny snippet that I've seen, a little social media reel of like someone with the mic, like I feel like I'm looking at actors. And like, is that the case? Or do these people that wrestle in now feel like they're actually those people? Like, I feel like it seems more like a performance now, more like a show now than it did back in the day. And this is, again, from someone who, you know, has watched a grand total of maybe three minutes of wrestling over the last 15 years.
2: No, I would would agree with that. I think a lot of kayfabe, which is what they call it in wrestling, um, you know, with characters, uh, it has gone away a little bit. Uh, I think that's also because of the advent of social media. Um, I think, you know, kayfabe kind of takes a backseat in, in a lot of ways uh, compared to the 80s and the 90s, especially in the Attitude Era. Um, and in this uh, generation, you have Instagram, you have Twitter, you have Facebook. So I think a lot of that kind of takes back backseat, but there are some talents that still try to stay into the kayfabe era of the character that they're playing. Um, but I, I definitely think that with this modern era, it definitely is not as great as it was back when we were watching, um, back in the 80s and 90s. Uh, Ghoul, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, I think what it is is, is you know, when we were kids, I, I think it's a mix of a couple things there as well. Obviously, being mm-hmm. a youth, it's, it's easier to believe that these people are the characters that they're portraying. But that being said, mm-hmm. you know, as a kid, and I'm thinking back to the 80s, like I know you named, you know, like Hulk Hogan, who was this big muscle bound guy, you know, say your prayers. He's You're a real fucking you
3: know.
1: superstar, man. Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I th- I think about the macho man who was, you know, all about the ability oh, of ew. like being like intense, like intense, but like a smoldering intensity, you know. Then I think about like Kim the ultimate resident. warrior who who comes in and he's fucking uh, just a big ball of fucking energy, just going and uh, <laughs> ah, yeah. like fucking guy like released <laughs> out of the jungle suddenly, you know. But then I think back yeah. too, right? And think think about some of our other popular fucking characters. Do we all really think Hillbilly Jim came from the fucking hillbilly fucking you know, hills of Tennessee?
0: Do we really think dog? that the
1: junkyard dog? Okay? Hung around (laughs) fucking junkyards with a fucking chain around his neck. Like that, we were (laughs) shown these characters as kids, and that's all Mm -hmm. we were shown. Back then, they weren't really portrayed as people. They were portrayed as characters. And we didn't only see these characters on TV and in the ring. Well, we didn't only see these characters in the ring. We saw these characters on MTV. We saw these characters in cartoons, on television, on Saturday mornings. These characters, very be, these, these characters very much became tied to who those people were. Wrestling in the late 90s kind of took a turn, and the idea of characters kind of got pushed away. Gone were the, hey, we're this fucking, you know, I'm a fucking hillbilly from Alabama, and it became more of like, yo, I'm a realistic fucking hillbilly from Alabama, and I'm going to fucking beat the shit out of you. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> I'm Kid
1: Rock coming from fucking Detroit, and I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Like, that's kind of where those characters and all of those types of things went, because it just got, it got silly trying to think that, you know, this guy's going to come in and fucking do a hoedown with you and then beat your ass. Um, you know, that being said, like the King said too, though, there are still specific performers that have never broken like that character or they have a specific character that like you know they continue to to portray uh i'm just thinking like off the top of my head in the last 10 years you know you've got like guys like life. the uh, the viking the viking raiders you know bray wyatt to a yeah to a degree he performed as multiple characters but i'm thinking mm-hmm. more along like the 80's viking line of stuff attempt. so like i i think of the viking raiders i think they would easily have fit in with that '80s era of wrestling, the uh, oh, yeah. the monster uh, the monster abyss to pull up a TNA reference, you know what I mean? Like that guy is like oh, right yeah. out of like that mid '90s. Like this guy's wearing a fucking like a Mankind style mask, and he's like fucking this big heavy set like abomination of a fucking person, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So you do see it here it and there, is. but no, it is nowhere it near. Anything that anymore and it is it's it's called sports entertainment now for a reason pretty much everybody knows it is acting now nobody's really getting you know they're not physically trying to hurt each other do people get hurt while doing this yes but that is nobody's intent while going in the ring or at least you hope so
2: and i i do love the fact uh and this is gonna kind of excite you ghoul that Mick Foley Ooh. wants to have one last match, and he wants it to be a death match. So he, he that looking like to have one last match. No, he's not. Wait, no, he's fine. Let me,
3: let, me, let, me get this, but, let me get this straight. He's looking to have a wrestling match, and one of the competitors dies. He wants to have a wrestling match to the death? <laughs> oh, he wants, he wants he to he wants have to, a death match back to, in the day. He wants to murder someone <laughs> or potentially be murdered in the ring?
2: Death. No, you're talking about Japan wrestling. Where it's just ball a death hacks, is? and <clears throat> no, that's not what a deathmatch is. That's you know what is anything death goes. <clears throat> um, you know, but he wants to have one last match as a deathmatch, um, and Matt Cardona, aka Zack Ryder, uh, wants to compete with him because he is the king of the deathmatch right now in the indie circuit. Uh, you know, he wears his flannel vest, fuck the Foley on the back. Uh, he wants to have that last match with Mick. Um, in a death match, so anything goes. And if you've ever seen those '80s uh Japan matches with Cactus Jack, like th- anything goes.
3: Wasn't, I mean, yeah, uh, Weir, wasn't Terry Funk in some of that shit?
2: He was. He was a
3: king of the death matches. Yeah, I seen I seen he some was, of that shit from yeah. from Asia.
1: At uh, 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 one time, I remember playing for for the Dean, the the tape of uh Cactus versus Terry Funk in the uh the oh, Japanese cage oh, yeah. match. With the fucking, with the explosives and the fucking boards <laughs> yeah. and the barbed wire and... Cyanum, oh, that shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, no, no, Dean. A death match in in wrestling, a death match does not, you know, entail a person dying at the end. Uh, while that Can might it? work in film, no. Well, I mean, has that happened in the ring? Yes. Has it happened during a death match? Uh, probably not a sanctioned match, uh, but, you know. They, uh, but, they do not uh, try Gould, to kill each other. I just don't want I to see say that. You know, well, gonna... listen, I love Mick. A lot of respect for Mick. Yeah. And as much as I'd love to say that that would excite me, it really wouldn't. Because you know what? Like,
0: No, it'd just
2: be he's sad. Done,
1: he's done his time. <laughs> you know, that man yeah. has put his body through hell for our enjoyment. Yeah, he has. There is zero reason for him to – he doesn't have to prove shit to anybody. So if he's doing it, it's no. obviously put Zack Ryder over but it's also maybe to make a paycheck. Maybe he's got some fucking financial problems. I don't know. Mick, for the love of God, please don't do it. Okay? Like, it's okay. Not even, I, Yeah. I, I was done after to say watching that, him take a yeah. fucking chair shot that his kids were fucking crying, bro. Like that. Oh, that God. Did it for me. You know, like that was it. I was like, Rock
2: versus mankind? Me? Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, and having yeah. a fucking... No. Listen to interviews of his wife. Talk about how it's like, you know... Like, listen, Mick has fucking trouble finding his fucking way back to the house most days because his fucking yeah. memory is so fucked up from fucking all the headshots and all the problems that he's had in life, so yeah, please, let's fucking beat the shit out of that person's body some more. like no, I know you love the sport, I get it, I love it you, I love it too, but for the love of God, let somebody else take over. I always see in the fucking videos, let somebody kill that fucking guy. I can't stand that fat fuck. <laughs> Little fat kid fucking he's got like a pool in front of him, and he's like, I've seen him, yeah. All the hose and all the juggalos. Fuck this the shit. Oh my back. You <laughs> fucking asshole. I want to like stop him.
2: Yeah, but it's not even like that it's a match made. Like uh, Mick Foley said he wants his last match to be a death match, and Matt Cardona, who is technically the king of the death match in the indie circuit, said I'll take him on. You know, but it, it, it's not going to get made. I, I don't see it happening. But uh, like I was saying, Ghoul, you would be really fucking happy to find out that on Monday Night Raw, uh, Cody Rhodes had a ball strap match with uh, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, and he got busted the fuck open. So there was Quite a good, lot of blood good. Uh, on Monday Night Raw. Um, and then uh, Drew McIntyre came out at the end of the match and beat the fuck out of Cody Rhodes because he just has an issue with him. but. It was great to see blood back, you know, especially Monday Night Raw. You know, this is great, you know, bringing a little bit of it back. But, you know, it's it's not going to get to those extreme levels. But Crimson Mask on Cody was great.
1: Well, we know Cody can bleed. You know, he did it with AEW plenty of times.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I remember seeing some kind of advertisement as to uh, to that match occurring, and just you know, the Mm -hmm. first thought that just came to mind was, like, why? <laughs> you know, like, like, where did that storyline come from? Like, hey, you know, like yeah, not, not do I just want to fight you, but, like, I want to specifically have this type of, like, match that was typically used to, like, settle like a major. Yeah, but it was used to settle, like, a major score. You had a bullshit oh, yeah. match because yep. you didn't want your opponent to be able to get the fuck away from you. You guys were locked together <laughs> yeah. by that strap there's no escape at this point. You can't run out. You can't fucking, you can't detach from me. So now we have to confront whatever this problem is, you know? So like, what was the, the impetus for Cody versus Shinsuke in this specific type of match? Because prior to this, I didn't know they had right. any kind of beef.
2: They did. Yeah. They, they, they had met up before. Um, but then, you know, with, with Cody, with everything going on with him, obviously with the rock and everything with that, he's like, I'm I have something to prove. So, Shinsuke, we had a previous beef, so let's just have a fucking bowl strap match. And that's exactly how they announced it. They're like, oh, tonight, uh, Cody versus Nakamura in a bowl strap match. And it was, it was fucking just a great fucking match. Like, cool. back in the day, just, you know, total beat down, you know, Cody getting busted open in the face. Um, and it was just a fun match to, to end raw. But I think... A lot of it has to do with the fact that people are upset with The Rock kind of taking over Cody's spots, like we had talked at the I top, mean, where it's just like, "Oh, The, Rock, know, is the, the Rock is the global superstar
3: that's going to bring so much attention to wrestling around the world." And sorry, Cody, but you're not doing that, Bubba.
0: I
2: I I agree <laughs> with you, you know, in a lot of ways, Dean. But uh, tomorrow there is the the media scrum for uh, WrestleMania, you know, uh, on Peacock, so. I, I love the fact that uh, yeah, in Vegas, uh, and I love the fact so that, that they like talked to The Rock and they're like, you know, Well, it's
1: not like anything else yeah. is happening in Vegas this weekend, you
2: know? No, nothing. Nothing's happening in Vegas this weekend. Um, but they, they did talk to The Rock and they're like, well, what do you think about all the negativity about you know, people want Cody versus Roman, but you're taking over. And he's like, no, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So <laughs>
0: no,
2: that doesn't answer the question, but you know, it, It's fine. I I think that Cody versus Seth is going to be a great match. Um, My dream come true would be the fact that it would be a unifying type of thing where, you know, Cody wins uh, against Seth, and then he goes against The Rock and then unifies the titles because we don't need the fucking two titles again. We just need one. But we'll see what happens. They're not not going to do that
1: because that that new title just came out. The idea with that title is the, uh, Mm you know, that is – it's kind of like the TV title in a lot of ways, if you think about it, you know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Like this, this is the person who week to week is going to have regular matches, you know, whereas the universal title holder will be your pay-per-view champion. You know, he'll be the guy that, yeah, sure. He's going to wrestle matches, but that title's only going to be on the line, you know, in major events. Whereas, you know, the other title is the like, guy, you know, what? It's Monday night raw. Let's have a fight. I want your belt. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it's going to be like, you know. And and you know, Seth constantly being fucking injured. It's like, well, you know what? Let's <laughs> to somebody who doesn't have a broken back and broken legs. Um, I, 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 yeah, I mean, look, it so. makes
1: sense to give it to Cody if that's you know, especially if that's how that belt's going to be. Because if you make Cody the universal champion, then I mean, we're not going to see him all that often.
0: Mm, of course not. No. <laughs>
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. we'll see. I mean, I'm looking forward to the scrum tomorrow and seeing what they talk about um, and building the story further. But, Dean, uh, let's get into horror. What do we have to talk about tonight with horror news? Sorry, people. <laughs> We're not sorry.
1: Blame the Dean. Blame well, the Dean.
2: I'm excited you got into it. Look at you, man.
3: So excited!
2: Asking questions like that, I'm proud of you, man. <laughs>
1: that's that's why I say blame the dean. You know, he inspired us. Yes. It's,
3: it's that's inspiration. That's our boy.
1: Move me, bri- move me brightly. I like the yes, he's
3: a real that's American. I fight for what's right in every man. Why are we life. still talking Fight about this for 30-plus my... fucking minutes? <laughs>
2: That's getting the horror news. What are we talking about tonight?
3: Okay, so it's been announced by Disney that the upcoming alien film uh, has official name. Uh, it will be released on August 15th. What? what? Smith damn it. <laughs> Uh, the new yeah, Alien film so being released theatrically on August sixteenth of twenty twenty four will come with the name Alien Romulus. And Ooh, okay. uh while there Romulan. has been no Romulus. <laughs> what? Is it
1: Romulan Romulus. or Romulus? Romulus
3: Romulus, the second one.
1: Gotcha.
3: Second one. Uh, at um there is no trailer, but there's a rumor going around that the trailer for this film might debut during the Super Bowl. At this time, of course, oh, shit. Uh, that is just a rumor. They haven't said, wow. stay tuned for the Alien trailer at the Super Bowl. But there's just been a little bit of chatter amongst the, in, around the Internet uh, that maybe there will be a trailer for this film at the Super Bowl. So uh we don't know Could yet. Be. But we we will we will see.
2: Might have to watch Taylor Bowl. Oh, oh, I'll
1: be watching. I'll be watching
3: anyway.
1: So <laughs> I'm good to go.
3: I know, I'm gonna I'm going eat chicken mm-hmm. wings and be so happy about it. You go, both <laughs> Swifties. Alright. <laughs> so if you've All been right, following the saga go. of the alien film, uh there's an update for you. Some people are excited. Some people don't care. Kind of like with everything. Bridget. Yeah. Divisive. All right, what are divisive. Talking
1: about next? Deep and divisive. We're not uh, we'll divisive in this country. What are you talking about? No. Oh, no,
2: no, no, no. Not no. an election year.
1: No, of course not. But well, what's next is that
3: eight years ago, Hannibal Season 3 came to an end, and uh, mm-hmm. Matt Mickelson... Uh, has said uh, that while there is nothing concrete, uh, there is still hope for a fourth season of Hannibal, a revival, as they call it. Uh, They say Mm -hmm. that they can't wait forever. Uh, They can't have 20 years go by, of course, uh, but they're hoping to find a new home for a possible season four revival of the Hannibal Uh, TV
2: series. I would love that. Very cool. I would like that. That's fucking cool. I would love to see another season because uh, the ghoul turned me on to Hannibal. Um, I was kind of hesitant because it's not, you know, Anthony Hopkins anymore, but it fucking surprised me, man. I really enjoyed it. So I would love to see another season.
1: I just love that I turned to it, 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 it just, and, then I, and then just like every other show, I didn't finish it myself.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, I
1: did. Um, and I was like, you
3: no, know, they don't, it doesn't mean they need to to have him, but we know that Brian Fuller is going to be very busy with the Crystal Lake TV series. Very busy. Oh. Very busy.
2: That's, that's very. still happening, right? That's still that's on the docket?
3: No, that, that, that's official. That's happening. Oh, yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, okay. I think I said uh, last time on the show that it potentially uh, could be in production by this summer for a I'm potential 20, 2025 release. But anyway, that's what Brian Fuller uh, will be tied up in. But that doesn't mean that Brian Fuller needs to be there uh, for a fourth season of Hannibal. But um, but who knows right. what will happen? It was on NBC. Mads Mickelson says that a, a new home uh, is what they're looking for. Uh, nothing is concrete, of course. Like, he's not saying that this is definitely happening, but he's saying there's right. a chance. He's saying there's
2: a chance. I love it. Like I said, uh, you know, the Gold Turned Me On to it. I watched all the seasons, and yeah, we love another one. It, it definitely surprised me. But, Dean, oh, what else are we talking about?
3: Odd Mancini? Yeah. see uh, Mancini? Craig
1: or Chucky? <laughs> Odd Mancini. I <Has> said... <laughs> That he is
3: considering, just considering, but he might be considering sending because (laughs) the fans
0: keep
3: asking him. Mancini said in a Movie Crypt interview in 2017 that he has an idea uh, to send Chucky to space. If there is enough demand, uh, he'll eventually get there. And since then, and since the Chucky series has been so successful, he says what fans continually ask him for more than anything is to send Chucky to space. So he says that there's a possibility uh, that Chucky could go to space.
1: Well,
2: Jason went there once. We saw how that happened.
3: This sucks. Tim had so
1: went, the <laughs> yeah. went there. went there. Tim went there, too.
2: Uh,
1: okay. I don't know why they want to go yeah. there. Like, it just doesn't. It doesn't. I know. You know what? I'll give Jason this, right? I'll give Jason this. At least they had some sort of bad sci-fi slasher plot. And they just yeah. plugged plug Jason into it. You know, they took it into the future. Mm-hmm. They, like, they, they took something that otherwise would have just been a movie made anyway. And just put Jason yeah. in it. And, you know, for as bad as that movie is, I I have found myself enjoying it the more, like, it's oh, not over the years. Yeah, it is terrible. It is. It's bad. It, again, it, <laughs> time it's, heals it's, all, it's all the wounds. The fucking line is in the movie. This sucks. It's not as bad as Jason Goes
3: to Hell. I know. Well why I say it every time it comes up.
1: No, it is not as bad as Jason Goes to Hell.
3: Time heals all wounds.
2: You know, and Jason X is at hockey in 2024, so... <laughs>
3: well, that, that dude has from it. Jason Goes to Hell might be coming back for retribution uh, anyway, like I talked about a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah it's just, like I a remember. hot dog. I don't
3: know. Where and why Crate is this and bounty duke.
1: hunter? Creighton
2: Duke.
3: Creighton Duke. Think about
2: Thank a little girl in a pretty pink dress sticking a hot dog for a donut. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. Jason. Yeah. I just I don't yeah. know why they uh, they yeah. always want to send these killers to space. Like they they had a storyline where they Michael always, Myers did did they always in want to be on the space one point.
3: Do, do they always want to? Do yeah.
2: Because there How was a storyline where they wanted
3: to, to, to send Michael Myers to space at one point. But they but they didn't you know, actually why. do it though.
2: Because, because they it's stupid.
3: <laughs> it's
2: just dumb. Like they, it's just they, they
3: wrote about it, doesn't they were actually going to make it happen. The it,
2: you know, wanted to go to space. And it's just, Did he it's, go to space? Was there a
3: Leprechaun in space? There yes, was. there were two of them. Were, were there really? Yeah, yeah, there were.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know he went to the hood <laughs> twice, but I'm pretty sure he went to space <laughs> twice.
2: He, leprechaun in space, yeah it happened, but it's for some reason, like, we've run out of ideas. Let's sit in space. It's like, I don't know. Like, you know, and Chucky, it's fine. I mean, I think what they're doing with the TV series is cool. It's like, I actually like the TV series. I think it's fun. I... I, I I'm i not a big fan of the Tiffany storyline with Jennifer Tilly, but you know, at least they're doing something with the character, but it's... Uh, just stop sending these fucking killers to space. Like... Thank God nobody's like, what's the weather face of space? Like, for what reason? Yet. Oh, fuck it. Why not?
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, I can no. tell you. I can they tried you to that. make
1: it woke. That's what's next.
3: I can, Well, I can oh, tell you did. what's next. I can okay. tell you what's next. What's next?
1: Tell right? us what's next, what's next?
3: What's, I'm gonna tell you what's next. And unlike oh, in God,
1: 20.
3: I'm trying. <laughs> unlike in 2022, it's
1: stopping you. Uh,
3: it's uncertain whether what I'm about to tell you next is going to be exclusively for Netflix, but what I can Mm -hmm. tell you is that coming up next is Texas Chainsaw Legacy. And in this upcoming Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, what's going to happen is that the residents of the Oasis Oaks gated community – who no, live okay. in this... Listen, I'm telling you, stop interrupting me. Uh, <laughs> they live in this <laughs> gated so community of called Oasis Oaks, uh, a community of meticulous lawns and vigilant security patrols. Uh, but they don't know that just outside the confines of this enclave, abandoned house and property where Leatherface and his kin have been living, and then chaos will descend upon Oasis Oaks as ordinary families must do battle against the Sawyers. Uh, This is Texas Chainsaw Legacy. Uh, This film is currently being put together. There is no timetable uh, for its release or if it will be directly related to the 2022 Netflix film because if you remember, it ends with Leatherface. Yeah. uh dragging his ass back up to the to the house. To the, the um, house,
0: yeah.
3: To the house. So uh, it was not mm-hmm. specified if this is the house uh outside of this community, uh but for for a a different spin though, uh this will not feature uh characters that are on the road. Uh this will feature members of a a community uh that live there that are residents uh right near Leatherface that will uh battle with him. So uh, again, there is no timetable for when this property or when this film will see the light of day, but that seems to be what's next in the world of Leatherface, and I hear the king sighing from here.
2: I just That's don't want it. Like, it's Leatherface it's versus an HOA. Like, no. Pretty much. No, well, you. Have you seen those HOA
3: fees? I've wanted to do battle with an HOA in my life too. <laughs>
2: I'm sure you wanted to grab a chainsaw and do battle with the HOAs. Acres, but...
3: Jackson, Jesus fucking Christ
2: just makes no fucking sense. Like, I, I know that there are fans of the 2022 David Blue Garcia, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, you know, uh, a friend of the show, uh, Ryan Lowe was a huge fan of it, but I just fucking hated it. I was like, it's just, the characters are insufferable and Weatherface has nothing to fucking do. Like, it's just, it, just let it die. Like, I don't, I, I don't know why they need to keep going back to it. Like, it's just, Weatherface is done. Like There's just nothing more you can do with it. Like, it's, I appreciate the remakes that they did, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, then uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the, the prequel movie, but it, Weatherface is dead. <laughs> like, there's just nothing more that it you was can do fun. with
3: the characters. While, while I agree with what you're saying on the 2022 film, it just personally... And while while it was not a a, a fucking good movie by any stretch, it was better (laughs) than some of the other Leatherface crap out there. But what was fun is that Mm -hmm. I did watch it. I did watch the film uh, while I was on a flight. No, Well, well, but I also actually watched it while – like it it had just been out on Netflix uh, for a few days, and I had watched it while on a flight to Texas – on the trip when I mm-hmm. drove out to the, to the original Texas Chainsaw gas station. So, like, it was, like, a fun, okay. like, Leatherface weekend for me. So, nice. like, the I have a that fond of memory cool. of that experience, but not a fond memory of the film.
2: No, that is mm-hmm. kind of cool that you watched it going to Texas. But, you know, yeah, it, 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 mama, it's please. a movie that so was the chasing Halloween. <laughs> yeah. What's that? 50th anniversary of so the year.
1: let watch the original
3: while I was on the plane going to Texas, I did not. Mm, that's a shame. Or while but, you were in yeah. Texas? Well let's 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 think back. Well let's remember, let's remember. Like there was a lot of positive buzz surrounding that film coming up to its release. Uh so mm-hmm. like there was just like I was excited. I was like, Oh, finally good buzz surrounding a Texas chainsaw movie. I don't think there's buzz. that's ever been the case in the last the previous thirty <laughs> years. So like
1: because it was so fucking was that woke just... and you know all these fucking higher <laughs> spheres wanted to be like fucking yeah man best fucking horror movie ever represents everybody like properly.
2: Yeah, no, dude, you're right, <laughs> cool. That's
3: Exactly. I don't honestly. No,
1: no, no. no the, you, I'm you, apologizing totally for right. interrupting Dean. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay.
3: And no, no, no. I didn't. I didn't watch the um the original when I was in Texas. I, um, I mean. Well,
1: shame yeah, maybe 50
3: years this shame. Year,
2: August 18, 1974 when <laughs> it was released but you know it had potential but I always say that when a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie gets announced and you see the trailer I remember talking about uh, Weatherface from 2017 I'm like oh this has potential this could be fucking cool and then I fucking watch I'm like no nope, it was a fucking pile of shit they they completely fucking forgot what we spoiled Le- that whole <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been spoiling it for fucking years. <laughs> it just it, it wasn't great. And then you know, David Blue Garcia comes out with the 2022 Texas Dance Masker <laughs> and like, it's gonna be fucking great, bro. Like Weatherface is back, and it's like no, you have insufferable characters and Weatherface being in the 70s. Doesn't make any sense. And then they bring back Sally, who the original actress is dead, so they bring back another actress to play her, and like, nah, we're just going to fucking kill her. Yeah,
0: yeah. You
3: know. Oh, that's right. I story. even forgot about that plot point. They didn't <laughs> <got> have any
0: <characters. laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sally Horst. Yeah. She's there. Yeah, eh, fair. Yeah, yeah. She's there. Yeah. And then we're just I've, gonna been, fucking I've been kill waiting
3: her. for this moment.
2: And then yeah. the face was getting her with a chainsaw. Yeah, right. it's, it's not like that was.
1: It's not like that was being done in any other like major horror franchise at the time. You know, it was definitely <laughs> like Halloween. Hundred percent. What? I didn't hear that.
3: Who? Huh?
1: <laughs>
3: what?
2: Like those three movies? <laughs>
3: oh, oh yeah. Arnie Cunningham. Similar. I mean Corey Cunningham. The
0: Corey's,
2: Corey's story. story. I mean, yeah. Corey's story. Halloween ends. Oh, I, uh, that movie still is such a bad yeah, right now. It's, it's,
1: people. I hear you. But you know what? Movie. It's still the little monsters' like favorite Halloween movie, just because she, you know, she's got like a, she's got like this young teenage girl thing for fucking Corey. <laughs> and like she also a, doesn't have a, a whole fucking like depressed loner thing.
3: And let's let's remember <laughs> right. She she she's been exposed to a ton of stuff, um, mm-hmm. but she also she also doesn't have a a lifetime of Michael Myersness the way that we do with the right. the the mm-hmm. kind of I feel like the kind of thought and feeling behind it that you can only have with a lifetime of it. Um, and I'm not saying that kids can't love Halloween, but it's I feel like when it's something that you've been following and have been watching and have been discussing and thinking about and reading about for, you know, thirty fucking years. Um oh, it's, no, it's different. Of course, and you... I, I stand I stand by my statement that when all is said and done and 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 time marches on and the the the, the David Gordon Green like Halloween trilogy is considered continued or sorry, continued to be thought about and continued to be discussed. I feel that uh, that third movie is going to be the one that brings the most conversation and the most debate and the most like, like ideas stupid. and so on and so forth. I don't know that it's that. <laughs> it really now, granted, I didn't, least, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Don't get me wrong. All right, but like, yeah. I know when we I all think all of those like when I think of those three films and. I've see, I've probably watched uh the second one uh the most of the three. Uh, it's not the most, really fun. most time mm-hmm. between the first and the second. Um but when I think about them, uh when it comes to the time when of the year when I like to go back and watch all of that, that particular stuff, I think I'm kind of most looking forward to watching the third one again. Really? Well, I yeah.
2: I kind of go with Part two, Colin killed because it's the most fun. Like it's the oh, no, movie where it's, like don't fuck anymore. I
3: I, yeah, like, I have many times for the second one. Uh, for many times, I've watched like some of the the kill sequences uh, yeah. on on YouTube, specifically like with the firefighters towards the start. Like I'll go and be like, oh, Michael Myers firefighters, and like watch that sequence. Like I've seen that a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as a, as the whole thing like watching a film from start to finish. And again, I'm pretty sure I've only seen the third one the one time I saw it in the theater. I am looking forward to, I think I'm looking forward to kind of like revisiting that one a bit.
2: And I've seen it twice. Once in the theater and once when I bought it on Blu-ray. And I remember the monkey was like, why the fuck are you watching this again? I was like, because I want to see if there's something good in this movie. There's not. And I was like, I'm trying to find something. But once yeah, the I have some Blu-ray, too. I bought, that, like, that? I
3: bought that three-pack, like the Blu-ray, like, UHD, like, oh, yeah. 4K three-pack. Yeah.
2: yeah, I have them all on on singular Blu-rays. Uh, they released a the three-pack after that, but, yeah, you know, it's just, yeah, just... It's a mess of a fucking movie. And now they're talking about, like you had said, being about the Halloween TV series uh, that they want to develop. So, well, you know, see what they do with that, you know, but... You know, it, it's... The, the David Gordon Green 3 trilogy just kind of left a bad taste, I think, in everybody's mouth about Michael. But, you know, we'll see what happens with the TV series because,
1: We will. Halloween yeah. you
2: know, Tales is my – like, and Halloween, uh, the first one, 2018, I know I've talked to the ghoul about it. It's a fucking great movie. Like, I actually really enjoy 2018
3: Halloween. I like it too. A lot.
2: It's, it's a great fucking movie as a standalone it's great, but then you're like, oh, and there's two more movies after that. But as a standalone movie, if you don't go back and watch the other two, it's great. Like it's, it's a pretty solid movie. But you know, they decided to make two more, which is the problem. Uh, that's why yeah, we might not get the Exorcist uh, the Deceiver for
1: a while. Oh no! Anything <laughs> about that?
2: Mm-hmm. But all right, uh, Dean. What else are we talking about
3: tonight? Uh, let's see. Um, the We've documented on this show numerous times uh, mm-hmm. how much we love the Monster Squad. And because...
1: Check oh, yeah. in the nods.
3: Uh, <laughs> because oh, you, nerds. the Monster Squad was not a universal... Production there had to be uh, you know variations on the universal creatures, hence mm-hmm. the Gillman, uh, who was the creature from the Black Lagoon, but was not the creature from the Black Lagoon. But uh, it's uh, it's been revealed that on and there's a there's like a resin cast of the Gillman suit from Monster Squad where it's been located that on the neck of the Gillman suit from the Monster Squad uh, in the mm-hmm. scales. Uh, is the is the is an image of the actual creature of the Black Lagoon mask that the artists put in there uh, to pay tribute to the creature of the Black Lagoon. I just thought that was a cool little item that I had come across earlier. Oh, that's that is very fucking that cool. Is pretty cool. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Awesome. Yeah. All right, well, we for talking, Matthew.
1: That's the kind of shit I like to hear from you, man. I
3: like news like oh. that, right? Okay, well, thank you for the feedback. I'm always open to feedback, and we'll 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 make sure to look for for the oddities as well as the the film specific uh, news. And although this next item is film specific, but there had been a big time bidding war uh, for uh, Danny Boyle and. Alex Garland, to get back into the 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 world of twenty eight uh, of which there are not going to be a not just one twenty eight years lead later sequel, uh, but there could potentially be a new trilogy of films uh, with this property. Uh, there has been a hot bidding war between the studios and the streamers, and it seems that uh, it came down to either Sony and Warner Brothers, and Sony has won out. Uh, it seems that for this project, uh, that the films will roughly have a budget of around $60 million. Sony to agree on theatrical releases uh, was a big part of the deal. Uh, they're working on uh, the first uh, film script right now. Uh, Alex Gorlin will be writing a second film, and... It seems that Danny Boyle is only going to direct the first of these films and then pass the responsibilities on to someone else. So there's, of course, no release date and whatnot, but there will be a 28 years later and then some.
2: I'm looking forward to that. Big fan of that
3: series. Very
2: cool. All right, see what else you got?
3: uh Blade, the ongoing saga of the MCU Blade film that just seems to be taking forever and ever. But it has been mm-hmm. revealed that the Blade film uh is going to be rated R. It has
0: okay.
3: also uh been revealed that although they don't say what time period that the Blade film is also going to be a period piece. Uh, And again, no word on what period, but the villain is going to be, and I don't know if this was related to the bigger Marvel picture of which uh, you all have much more knowledge than I do, but uh, the villain uh, is someone called Lilith, uh, who is going to be going after the blood of Blade's daughter to create an army of daywalkers and, Uh, this this villain, Lilith, will be using a weapon uh, that is called the Ebony Blade, which was introduced in something called Eternals. Uh, That doesn't mean anything Mm -hmm. to me, because I don't know what that is, but perhaps you know what Eternals is and know what the Ebony Blade is. Indeed. Indeed I do. Mm -hmm. Well, can you tell me?
1: (sighs) <laughs> Why are you puffing yeah. and puffing? Well, well, Okay, so so so. <laughs> the, the Eternals, right? The Eternals was a failed MCU film, um, in which they decided to put out a movie that, uh, and I say failed because uh, uh, the large contingency of people just did not like the film. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: You know, coming off the the heels of the build up and everything that was Infinity War and Endgame and this this gigantic assembly that 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 led to such such a, a great payoff and delivery of, of such a greatly built storyline, uh, Marvel afterwards you know had to kind of like scramble. Disney, of course, wants to keep the money train going, and they don't like to be, they they don't believe in like hey let's tear things down and start to build things up slow again and work our way up. Um, Or let me kind of say, that's not necessarily the full case. Disney wanted to kind of do that, but theater goers and people within the fan base and the fan community have no patience or ability or desire to do that. So as Marvel started to build, you know started to deliver stranger properties and like let's say something like Guardians of the Galaxy turns into a huge surprise hit um this on the other hand turns into what would be considered a flop essentially the Eternals right are these beings that were created by large celestial beings within the universe um these Eternals were Created to cull and protect life on planets so that planets could eventually hatch and as in the hatching process all the life on the planet its energy would be absorbed and during the hatching a new celestial would be born Um, that is essentially the plot of Eternals the problem with Eternals is it tries to introduce an entire team of characters that you know nothing about, with actors that you don't—you you might know or have seen in other things—but at the same time, you're kind of like, eh. You're like, oh, look, it's Salma Hayek. Eh, she's dead. Um, you know, the movie as a whole is kind of like, eh. So the ebony blade that gets, in, you know, introduced at the end of the film during its stinger sequence is a cursed blade that is wielded by the Black Knight. Um I forget the exact details surrounding it. I think it has something to do with somebody's soul being attached to it and when you fucking kill people they, it absorbs their like being or some shit. Um and it corrupts whoever mm. is holding it. Lilith is some demon from fucking, you know, the, the the demonic side of the Marvel universe, so it makes sense that, you know, being that Blade is a vampire, motherfucker, um that he Fuck. would be falling into the more supernatural territory. This is also where people like Doctor Strange and shit like that should be headed. Um, but, Doctor. you know, we, uh, yeah, yeah. So so that's, that's, that's kind of it in a nutshell. I personally don't hate the Eternals like other people do. Um, um, but, like, the people that do hate it put it, like, they put it at like the bottom of the fucking list. They put it where I put Thor the Dark World. As far as like dark dark world, MCU yeah. films go, Thor, Thor. the Hammer the Hammerman,
2: Hammerman. He is the Hammerman. Hammer Hammerclaw, as you like to say. Whoa!
0: Whoa! Oh,
2: oh, oh. Pick the hammer! <laughs> 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 All right, Dan. What else do you got for us, Hornies? Hmm. Let's see.
0: Hmm.
3: Uh, the Seventh the the Devil Devil scream to to film. The so se- <laughs> the studio. seventh scream film, the rumored uh director uh for the seventh film uh is named John mm-hmm. uh, he Hyams. he has worked Hyams. <laughs> <laughs> not Heinz, not Heinz. Uh, He actually has worked previously with Kevin Williamson on a slasher movie called Sick. Um, He has also directed uh, directed sequels in the Universal Soldier franchise, as well as uh, episodes of the Chucky series, episodes of Z Nation, and episodes of Black Summer, which... Uh, this, I, I meant to add this to the news list, but I didn't, but since it's related, I'll just mention it very quickly. I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, the two seasons of black summer that were on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just like a different, interesting take on the whole zombie world. Like, I don't think that realistic is the world, but it was just kind of like stark and unstylized, um, like no, like dramatic music. Uh, like for example, there's like one sequence in one of the episodes where like one zombie is chasing one guy and they're like in the like the storage room of like an, it might have been like an auto body shop like a like a Pep Boys, but like in the back where they have the rows of repair parts where you're not allowed to go and the employees go. And it's just them kind of playing cat and mouse through these aisles with a with a rumbling running zombie and a guy running and breathing and there's no music. And it's just like, it just goes on for a while. Like it's a lot of pieces like that. I thought it was a really cool show. And the second season ended in a a place where you're like, well, obviously the story is not over. And uh, it's been uh, several years and Netflix has been very ruthless when it comes to just announcing cancellations. And uh, it was never announced that Black Summer was canceled, but like the creators uh, just recently, just within the last month or so, uh, did say that there, there will be no more blacks. up. But uh, as far as the Scream 7 uh, film, while John Himes is rumored to be the director um, and that the studio is currently in negotiations, obviously, uh, with Sidney Prescott uh, to return, uh, Campbell says uh, that she is willing to return, uh, but she's only willing to return on her own terms in her own terms, in parentheses, meaning uh, show me the money that you didn't want to show me for the previous film, uh, and I will come back. So, uh, you know, that's what's going on in the world of the seventh uh, screen film at this time.
2: Interesting. Okay. What else do you have for us,
3: Dean? Let's see, King, what else do I have for you? Uh, The World of uh, Evil Dead. Uh, continues to to roll on. Uh, You know, Bruce Campbell has stated uh, that the plan is for there to be like a sequel slash spinoff roughly every two to three years. Uh, And it seems, uh, that with what I'm going to say next, keeps to that statement as the next film uh, in the evil dead world. uh, You know, no information or title has been announced, but it's been announced that a French director named Sebastian Vanacek will be directing the next Evil Dead film. Of course, no release date or timetable. Uh, Sebastian Vanacek recently directed a very well-received uh, horror film like uh, that uh, that won. Um, it does have like a hockey player's name uh, that won uh, several awards and will be coming exclusively uh, to Shudder uh, sometime in 2024. Um, I don't. Want to to say the name of that film? Though I'm sure you guys can find it out easy because I've heard about it quite some time ago. And as soon as it hits Shutter, it's going to be my pick. And I don't want to say what it is because um, you know I've had it in my movie notes since I first heard about this film like weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks ago. So um, so you know we, we we don't often talk about our picks in advance. Uh, but he directed a very well received horror movie that has lots of buzz right now. That's coming to Shutter, and he will be directing the next Evil Dead film.
2: No, hmm. oh, I'm so fucking on board for more Evil Dead. So, you know, we talked about Evil Dead Rise uh, just a couple of weeks ago, so... I know I had a miss it. On, you did, but at the same time, it's Evil Dead.
3: It's a busy like, time for me. I'm sorry. I'm
2: sorry. It's okay. Prepare We're back now. It's all that matters. Um, you do. Yeah, let's bring more fucking Evil Dead. Mm. Join us for more Evil Dead, so... I'm excited. You know, it's a spin-off. It, it could go in any direction, you know, and like the goal one I talked about with people that Rise, like, you don't need Ash. You know, we love Bruce, but at the same time, you just need Deadites, you need the book, you need evil, you need gore. So, I'm I'm, I'm on board for it, but very it's cool. Evil. So, all right, Dean, uh, what else do you have for us with our news? Uh,
3: I believe that kind of uh, wraps it up, you know, like, I try to, um,
0: okay. Okay.
3: you know, keep, 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 I love keep it a nice, neat little bow. In uh, a nice, neat nice. little bow. But since, uh, you know, y'all felt it necessary to talk about wrestling for 32 minutes tonight, um, <laughs> and I granted, <laughs> I was spurring on some of that conversation. Damn, um, you made it right. happen. No, I just happened to see the clock on my computer. I wasn't like running t- like it like it wasn't.
2: Time oh, okay. T- well, that's that's but fine.
3: Um, uh,
2: but yeah. So tonight it is my film pick of the week. I went with Splattery University from 1984, released in theaters in July 13th, 1984. Um, And I I talked about this last week. I wanted to pick some movies that were released the year that I was born, even though technically Splattery University was started filming in 81, completed in 82. 81, right? Yeah, 81, uh, completed in 82, and then released uh, via Vestron in 84, and then eventually picked up by Uncle Lloydie Kaufman and Trauma, and then fully released. Um, but, you know, it, it's one of those movies I want to talk to because It's so fucking silly and dumb and stupid. But it's a movie that Randy mentioned in Screen 2 when he's in college and mentioning all the slasher movies that you could possibly mention. Um, so the plot involves a young sociology teacher being sent to a private college as a replacement for a teacher who was recently murdered by an escaped mental patient the new teacher must protect herself as well as the students from the deranged serial killer that's come to claim more victims. Um, so it, it, it's a horror comedy. It's trauma. It's silly. There's a bunch of blood. Um, I saw this movie many, many years ago. Uh, it was a rental back in the old days of Home Video Center uh, that Ghoul and myself and the Dean know. Um, and I just thought it was kind of unique with a twist, but uh, I just, again, I just wanted to talk about a movie that was released the year that I was born since I turned the big four O this year in May. Um, so with that being said, Ghoul, what'd you think about Splatter University?
1: Ah, uh, well, this was a first time watching for me. I uh, have never, ever seen this one before. It, didn't fail nor exceed my expectations. You know this. This pretty much. You know again. Splatter University is definitely what what you get. There's some some decent gore throughout the film. The plot is is completely nonsensical. Most of it doesn't make sense. There's certain points of this movie that are. They look like they're literally filmed using like a camcorder, you know, and I don't mean like, you know, like what we got accustomed <laughs> to in the 90s. I'm talking like a straight up like 1980s, like this thing is fucking probably like larger than, you know, the trunk of your car type of deal. Um, it Overall, though, did did I end up having fun while watching this movie? At times, you know, there, there were plenty of periods of time where I'm sitting here and I'm, yeah, I got, I got a nice little smile on my face. I think I would have loved this as a kid um, just because of how, like, absurd and obscene it was. Uh, it could have used some nudity uh, other than the covers of the nudie mags that you got. You know, mm-hmm. there's maybe a titty or two. I know I know, you guys were talking about there was some kind of version on fucking YouTube or whatever that I guess is, is censored. Censor. Bad. It just, just seems fucking absurd to me. Um, but yeah, aside from that, it just seems like a good New York-based film. Uh, you can hear it in their accents. And, uh, and yeah, oh, I, yeah, I did have I did enjoy watching the movie. Uh, I was still glad when it was over, and I was glad it was short. Yeah, it was a quick watch. Hour and
2: 18. But uh, all right. Uh, Dean, what do you think about Spider-Man University?
3: Uh, yeah, similar to what the ghoul had said, this is my first time uh, seeing this one. And King, when you made the announcement about this one last week, uh, this is one that I had never even heard of before. I had no recollection of, like, knowing about it or seeing it or anything. So I feel like I hadn't heard about this one before. And uh, I actually – I know we had some back and forth in the chat about, uh, you know, where the film was hosted to watch, and the YouTube came – You know, YouTube being censored and uh, just for the sake of convenience, because, uh, you know, the laptop that I have is is older and I use Google Chrome and it can no longer uh, it can no longer be uh, updated with like modern versions of of Chrome and other browsers. Uh, It would not let me play the version on Plex on my computer. And uh, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Then I'm just gonna rent the dollar ninety nine version on Prime. And like now, Prime Video needs an updated browser. Like when trying to watch something on my computer. So I was like, fuck it. I'm gonna have to start off and, and watch this on on the I have to w- watch this on the YouTube version. And when I put it on, and we got to the first gore shot, uh, I was like, mm, I am feeling. I'm not feeling this. So what I actually ended up doing then was like switching over to Plex on my phone uh, and watching the the version over there. And yeah, I mean, this is just silly fucking 80s nonsense. Um, You know, thankfully, it was as short as it was. And not because, oh, this is so bad, I can't wait for it to be over. But I feel like one of the drawbacks to films of this ilk is sometimes they're just way longer than they need to be. Um, So that this was a nice, tight, compact watch, um, you know, made me like it better than I would have if it was 90 minutes or you know uh you know or 100 minutes or however long some of these can be sometimes yeah it definitely
2: is a quick watch and when the movie was technically completed in 81 it came in at 65 minutes so uh, Richard W Haynes who directed the movie was thinking well I got to add some more scenes so when you watch the movie now, there are some scenes in the movie where you're like, what the fuck is this, like, with all the fucking kids in the hallway and shit like that? Like, that was what he had to add to make it the, the hour and 18. Um, but it, it's, a, it's a fun, silly fucking movie. But um, the movie begins with a man walking down a hallway wearing only one shoe. His other foot is bare. He bends down to pick up a knife and continues to walk. We then find out that it's 2.43 p.m. and William Graham, a paranoid schizophrenic, is missing. Two of the medical staff at the institution where Graham is a patient ask Nurse Collins if she's seen Graham, but she hasn't. The pair look into a day room full of mental patients, and the male doctor decides to or security. So after having a security guard grab a key for a locked gate, the male doctor opens a door to a nearby closet where he's promptly stabbed in the dick. Blood everywhere, Wait, but
3: screams, blood in the garage. Can we just... Kristen, can we just... <laughs> Twisted dick. <laughs> am I my fight. Um th- can, can can we just talk real quick though? I know you're giving like the rundown and the play by play and everything but like sure, yeah, how right. fucking how fucking hilarious the representation <laughs> the representation of the mental patients uh, was <laughs> yeah. when they show us some of these people.
1: Mm-hmm. The guy with the fucking like,
3: doll.
2: The out hey? the doll. It's
1: fucking great. <laughs> Okay, he was fucking <laughs> yeah. great, man. Like, he had me cracking up. You know, the ghoul girl's looking at Like, she happened to, like, look up, and she just fucking burst out laughing. She's like, what the fuck is Andy making you watch this time? <laughs>
2: yeah. And the one patient that is walking down the hallway that gets corralled by the female doctor, he later shows up in the bar as just the guy mm-hmm. at the bar. <laughs> like, you know. Um so uh, the killer who had stabbed the male doctor in the dick is now putting on his clothes and has to quickly put up the lab coat to cover the blood stain on the front of the pants because nobody's going to see that. Um, and despite that happening, splatter university. <laughs> so we are off and running. Um, we cut to a young teacher, Janet, in a classroom at St. Trinian's College three years after the escape of Graham. And then we cut to a man who's a heavy breather walking in the halls, knocks on the door to the classroom. Janet, thinking that it's another character we're going to meet later, answers the door and is immediately stabbed in the chest. (laughs) Janet is her name. Um, Once she's dead, we cut the students walking around campus and find out we're at the next semester yesterday. Uh, Okay, so no concept of time uh, with this movie. But Julie Parker, the new replacement for Janet, uh, is introduced as we see Tony and Doreen who are only in college to party. Tony runs into Johnny Boy, who thinks it's a real fucking pain in the ass that my teacher got killed. Now I've got to take sociology over again. Damn it. This fucking college sucks.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh,
2: fucking it. So, it. Julie gets directions from a teacher named Mark, who remarks, hmm, when checking her out as she's walking away from him to Father Jansen's office, and she meets with him. It's her first teaching gig, and Jansen happily welcomes her to the faculty. He mentions to her that several of the other applicants pulled out because they think that the classroom is jinxed due to Jen's murder in the room last semester. Jensen hopes that will yeah. make her reconsider except, accepting
1: because... Except she, here's the thing, right? Okay. You did catch that it said next semester yesterday. Okay Which that honestly I probably spent more time Trying to figure that out Than was necessary Like the only thing I could think is that was like An accident somehow Um, Because otherwise It makes zero sense
2: Zero sense. Like, like I said, like there is no concept
1: of fucking time. Like they're
2: just like, yeah, uh, last semester, yesterday. It's Like, well, why can't you just say it's it's the next semester after the teacher Janet died? But, it,
1: it, but yeah, but that's the thing. Like, if it was the next sem- next semester, is fine. I get that. You know, the teacher died. You know, the teacher died three years after the guy escaped. I understood that part. Next semester, yesterday would infer. <laughs> That what we were seeing is in the past to something that yeah. we've already seen, which we did not. Yeah.
0: No, we
2: haven't. So that's why I said, like, the, the, the timeline is all fucked up. I don't even know why they put like. But then again, when you see the trauma, uh, you know, thing at the beginning, like, ah, uh, it's a trauma film. Nothing's going to make sense.
1: That put a smile. <laughs> I was happy, actually. When I saw trauma, I was like, oh, okay, good. That like gave me some hope that, that the movie, you know, had, had the ability to be really good.
2: All the and bad. Lloyd's an executive producer. <laughs> to see what Coffin is an executive producer, I was like, hell yeah! So we might be in for something. Um, so anyway, Julie uh, finds an apartment for rent. She unpacks. There's a knock at her door. Could be the killer. No, it's only Mrs. Bloom. She reminds Julie to lock the front door when she comes home at I'm night. You know, because all the murderers and out there and all that. She also tells Julie about <laughs> this from <laughs> tenant. Who killed your husband by putting poison in his prune juice. He's like, that was a much better way to die. Why can't all murderers be like that? Like, yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Bloom, you are fucking cute. So yeah, which I mean, again, like I, I
1: know Sleepaway Camp has been out at this point, mm-hmm. right? Like, we're, is this one of those? Oh, Well, no, is this just one of those where they're trying, like, you know, obviously this becomes a whodunit. You know what I mean? Like we Mm -hmm. know person that escaped the mental institution is going to be our killer. Now, if we look at the, you know, obviously from the scene of the one shoed killer, we knew that it was a man's leg, but then you get all of these other characters, females included acting weird, including our main girl. You know, there was a period of time where I was like, oh, maybe she's just a fucking nut. And, and, and that's where they're going mm. with this.
2: That's a good point. I mean, I, I think that she's the most competent actor <laughs> of everybody in this movie. Um, you know, but um, so we cut to a fast food joint where a group of students meet up, including Kenny, a.k.a. Wolf. Oh, this fucking coming over to every person and just howling at the babes. But then there's a girlfriend, Donna, who he only barks for. Uh, they all hang out in the parking lot, drinking cheap beer and cutting loose. Kathy, we see, gets mad at Kenny, the wolf, uh, howling, and goes to sit by in the nearby car. And then Donna goes to check in on her, and Kathy hasn't gotten her period in over a month, which, not good.
1: I hate when that I'm happens. I'm
2: pregnant. So Kenny uh, and Jimmy decide they want to go score some weed off of Tony. Kathy's not interested, so she heads back to the dorm on foot. And I love Donna's fucking acting. He's going, hey, are you not going to come back with us? Okay. <laughs> Cow fucking acting. Um, but back on campus, Tony and Doreen hang out in the stairwell with two male students smoking weed. Julie is walking and talking with Father Williams, who asks her if he can meet with her later on in the evening, but she's all tied up. Joy decides to go into the Jinx classroom and write the mold the minds of the future generation. While it doesn't get off to a great start, Father Perkins shows up by the director, uh, Richard, you know. Uh, he arrives so he can sit in the back and observe. <laughs> Dick Haynes. Uh, she asks the less than two students to bring up a topic they can debate that they can either feel strongly about or not so strongly about. One seat, That's how reaches debate. over it and sees a newspaper on a uh, desk of another student. And he's like, uh, how about we talk about abortion and whether she made a legal? And she's like, that's a great topic. But Father Perkins is like, you know what, not cool. So I think you need to go talk to Father Jansen about what you were bringing up. Stick to the curriculum. So Jansen tells Julie that he agrees with Father Perkins that her idea of debating current events is a bad idea, Stick to the current curriculum, and if anybody is kind of, like, being weird to you or objectionable, just bring them up to me. Like, just, you know, just come up to me and just bring them up. Then he has a muscle spasm, which he just quickly tells her not to worry about. He's like, I'm just sitting in my wheelchair. I had a spasm. Not going to be a Yeah, problem.
1: I mean, it's, it's at this point that you know that you got your killer right in front of you. I mean, it's there's uh, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 really yeah. no sense of buts about it at that point. Once, once he has the muscle no. spasm, it's like, oh, okay, you're, you're, you're our person. So, like, now now it's just a matter of are we going to have fun getting there? <laughs>
2: yeah. You see it happen. You know, it, it, he's obviously not really in that wheelchair, but we'll get there. Um, so, meanwhile, Tony is cheating on Doreen with Denise, the redhead. Uh, she asks if he has a condom, and he's like, oh, so consider it a word before you came. She's like, oh but are you sure Doreen's not going to come back? And he's like, oh, no, she's not coming back until 6. Guess what? Doreen shows back up. And he's like, oh, hey, I wasn't doing anything with Denise. I was just hanging out. And then they have a fake-out scare where Johnny Boy shows up wearing uh, pantyhose over his face and holding a knife. Uh, Let's just fucking party, <laughs> as you do. Hey, party, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so back at college, uh, Julie watches Margaret. Doreen's the one uh, that sounds
1: like uh, fucking, what's her face, right? Um, Cindy Lauper?
2: Oh, uh, kind of. She definitely has a Cindy Lauper vibe to her. Um, Kind of like a hot pitch. I I felt like Denise did too, though. Like Denise with the ridiculous fucking outfit she wears later on when she's wearing the baseball jersey and the leopard print uh, underwear and the black leggings. Like they all Mm -hmm. just have that New York fucking accent.
1: Oh, yeah, I don't no, know
2: if I want to look, do it.
1: But specifically, like, uh, yeah, the short crop-haired girl, man. She had, like, a similar voice and a similar, like, demeanor, I felt like, to like to the sound of her voice, as as, as Lawford did, you know? It's like waiting oh, for her to, like, bust into that. song. Yeah, I just want to have fun.
2: Yeah, we know, Doreen. Um, but back at the college, Julie watches Margaret go into a room with Father Williams from earlier who asked to meet with Julie, And then he gives her kind of a look, and she's like, I don't like that very much. But, you know, we'll find out. Father Williams just wants to fuck. Um, So then we cut to someone's apartment that's supposed to be clearly a bar, Um, this fucking set piece, where clearly it's it's an apartment, but it looks like a bar. Uh, There's a bunch of girls swinging their butts to some high-waisted jeans. Tony and Doreen arrive and drink down some beers as Doreen talks about how uh, Wolf and Donna broke up. That's a fucking bummer. but after a brief fight between Doreen and Tony, Doreen decides to leave and get into her car, but the engine won't start. And she tries to get the car going. Oh, Doreen's not
1: the one that's... Okay, no, I'm sorry. Doreen is Doreen's the one that gets put in the dumpster.
2: Yeah, Doreen is the one that kind of, like, Doreen gets uh, her she's fucking barbed the, the cut. One. The,
1: it's a different one that, that looks like Sydney yeah. Walker.
2: Yeah, Denise, I think, is the, be the be one you're thinking
1: offer. of. With the okay. red head. Uh, yeah, but... Yeah, Not the, the, redhead. Shows the, up red, the redhead. The redhead reminds me of a different actress completely. Um, okay. What actress? Uh, hmm. she was in one of the. Oh, she reminds me of the chick from the Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, the one that laughs at uh, at fucking the stuttering kid. That's what I thought she was for a hot second. Oh, Violet? No, the one that. Wants to no. the one that the the, the kid that hooks uh, that wants to hook up with her. He has the stutter and uh oh, you know, the she,
2: redhead from from yeah. He tries to yeah. get with her at the end, and she's like, yeah, no, no.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah she kind of yeah. laughs at him. him. <laughs> yep, and then he tries to hook up with Violet, and she's like, nah. Yeah, he he was just trying to put it everywhere. I know, I don't remember the character's name, but I know who you're talking
3: he, about. He was going. She he was going in- from chick to chick. Like, he's just trying, to play he it just
2: trying to put it everywhere.
1: That's how it's yeah, done. I, I,
2: um, so, uh, the, the killer slashes Doreen's forehead, so I guess that's a kill, um, because the, the gang comes out, um, and Tony is spilling tea on Father Williams about how he saw Margaret going into her room. Um, they decide to go outside, drink their shitty beer, and throw it into the dumpster, and that's where we see Doreen's body. Uh, with her forehead cut open, and like we were talking about earlier with the YouTube version, her face is completely blurred out, so you can't see anything. So I'm like, why? But it's fine. You know, it's it's the forehead cut, but, you know, that that's YouTube for you. Um, so back on campus, there's a knocking on the classroom door where Julie is. Could it be the killer? Nope, it's just Mark, who is now the potential love interest. They go out later that night for dinner, and Julie asks him about Janet, who was murdered the previous semester in her classroom. He's surprised she doesn't even know about it. Did you know Janet? Yeah, but not really. Well, let's move on to another topic, because he, he – did it, Janet. We'll find out. Damn it, <laughs> so
1: Janet. Julie arrives you.
2: back at home. Uh, she gets some mail from Mrs. Bloom, who, which is odd, because she wasn't expecting any mail. And then when she's going through it, she finds a bunch of pamphlets about Jesus Christ and his miracles. Weird. So
0: she's going to go
2: to bed in her weird fucking little single bed. Um, But then we cut to three weeks later. Kathy tells Julie that she has to miss class because she has to go see the doctor. Wonder why. Julie then goes over the team's project of the class, but none of the team of the students are prepared. They manage to get out of the class unscathed. And then later, Julie's friend, Cynthia, asks if she's seen Mark. Julie says, yeah, but why do you want to know? No reason, just wondering. Later, Kathy finds Julie in a yard and asks to speak to her privately, and she says, I'm kind of pregnant and I haven't told anybody yet. Julie tells her that, you know, she knows of a place. If you don't have any money, the abortion clinic. Um, But we also see Father Jensen watching from a window and then later, Kathy makes plans with her boyfriend, Tom, to go see a horror movie at the drive-in later that night because that's what you want to do because Tom's an understanding guy. He'll get it, you know. I'll, I'll tell him that you knocked me up and it'll be fine because you know, he he is not a fan of sexual assault at all. So Julie goes to visit Mark at his apartment before they go to a movie. Time jump. They're out of the movie. Could he be the killer? Maybe. At the drive-in, Kathy almost tells Tom that she's pregnant but he forces himself on her just as we see the killer arrive with a flashlight. The killer passes by Tom's car and thinking of Johnny boy, Tom gets out of the car in search of him, but after a waiting while, Kathy decides to also get out of the car and goes looking for Tom, but instead she finds her death as the killer slashes her throat open. The killer then drags her body and puts it back in the car as Tom returns in the back seat and just kind of wonders why Kathy really isn't being very vocal because she's fucking dead. <laughs> you know. Uh, she's still I, I just, warm. Yeah. Warm to the touch. You know,
1: That's the main And
2: report in a storm. Get some of that.
1: I think she was warm. the one that sounded like Cindy Yeah, she was the one that sounded like Cindy Lauper. She was the uh, the pregnant one, right?
2: Yeah, Kathy was the pregnant one.
1: Alright, so yeah, she had a voice similar to Cindy Lauper. So yeah
2: and and you know it's it's like oh she was pregnant she died I don't know but um so uh
1: so you know I was it? surprised yeah. you don't mm-hmm. see that often in horror movies you know that's what, that's one of those where like we don't see that a lot in today's horror movies it's kind of like a little bit uh I don't know if I'd say it's taboo but it's it's just not expected um so you know to to see it is like oh okay listen to that I give him some balls Yeah,
2: you know, because – and that was the thing, too, is that they they never explicitly kind of put it out there that she was pregnant. Like, it was always kind of, like, teased, like, oh, you know, missed my period, and Dr. things said, you know, something might be wrong. But, like, it's like you – like, kind of like um, uh, Friday 13th Part 3 with the the one actress. uh, I can't remember her character's name. I know her boyfriend was Andy because that's my name, but she was pregnant as well. Oh, she's so
1: hot, dude. Yes, yes. In yes, in, and she, in part three. Part three, three Tracy see, Savage? Yeah, I think if I remember right, when we, yes, yes, Tracy Savage is the actress's name. And I do believe when we did our list, I think she was like my number one as far as like good looking, uh, now you're talking way back when we first fucking did Talking Terror. Uh, oh, yeah, back in
2: 2013, I think she yeah. Was like
1: the, I think she was the one that like I had at the top of my list as being like the best looking out of all the Friday the 13th girls. Um, so, but, uh, uh, but yes, 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 yes. It was implied Debbie. that he was indeed pregnant. Debbie, there you go. Yes, J- Jason kills the fuck out of her.
2: Puts that knife right through her chest and it's like, yeah. like she's That was well it. I remember back in the day watching that. And I was like, holy shit, she was pregnant. Like, you know, so that's, that's two. But, um, so Cynthia calls baby. Julie at 1.30 in the morning and tells Julie that Kathy was killed. Her body was found at the drive-in. She wants to call Mark, but Cynthia says that she's been trying to call Mark for hours, but he isn't home. The following day, Julie talks to Mrs. Bloom about the murder, which she blames on those goddamn horror movies, makes everybody crazy. Um, Father Jansen speaks to Kathy's mother. Hey, I mean, goddamn to... Carol
1: Baskin, that bitch.
2: <laughs> yeah, Toby Keith. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> later. Uh, Father Jansen's being pushed in his wheelchair by Julie, who tells him that he didn't, she didn't know Kathy very well, but knows that the two had a long conversation the other day, but Julie won't admit to Father Jansen about what that conversation was about. Um, so we then cut to Denise meeting with Father Williams, who has really a-ooh eyes for her legs in that skirt. She tells him that she had sex with Tony while comforting him following during his death. Father Williams suggests that she meet him in his office at 8 p.m. that night. And then later we see Julie's sitting on the bleachers watching baseball practice when Mark surprises her. But I, I love the fact father. that they do that. I love the fact that they have the Mark Red Herring movement where he's kind of walking with his fucking boots up the meter and it's like, red, oh pairing. shit, is that the killer? <laughs> yep. Michael well just flashed on the fucking screen like student bodies. Red Herring, Red Herring. Um, they talk about Kathy's murder and wonder if someone at the school might be responsible. Mark wants to make plans with her to see her again, but Julie doesn't really wanna make uh, solid plans. And then oh, Cynthia Julie, pops up Julie, you're so and, soft. And, <laughs> uh Cynthia meets up with Julie uh and needs a ride home, but women drivers, am I right? I love the fact that she fucking backs out and then just drives over the fucking median. Um it's like, Yeah, Matt, you're fucking not great. <laughs> so On the ride, Cynthia reveals that Mark was a prime suspect in Janet's murder, and she tells Julie to be careful. Uh, Sometime later, Julie somehow manages to get the keys to Mark's apartment, and they drive over to see if there's anything in there that could point to him being the killer. Julie enters his apartment and begins a search as they cut back to the college where Mark asks Father Jansen where Julie is because she said that she had an appointment with him. Jansen says, I don't know nothing about that, but if you see her, tell her that I want to see her. And then we cut back to the apartment where Julie searches a desk drawer filled with articles about the killer as Mark heads home for lunch. He arrives to his apartment, and Julie makes a quick escape. And as Mark enters, he discovers newspaper articles she's all about. And, of course, Cynthia, fucking honking the horn like an asshole, makes Mark go to the window and is like, huh, I think that's Julie leaving my apartment. I wonder if she was here, like come on, man. Cynthia, don't fucking honk the horn when you're trying to get this secret operation going on um, and finding out if Mark is the actual killer. So, Julia arrives back to campus and the other students notice a weird smell coming from her storage closet. Julie somehow oh, has hurry. a key to this closet, and that's when the doors open and Cynthia's fucking dead body is lying on the floor. Her throat slashed. Do open. you have
1: do you have a key yeah. to the storage closet?
3: You better. Uh, I You're have keys to several storage closets.
1: Oh, really? Okay. We'll see, again, there, there we go. I was going to say that the king made that sound like it was a it was an odd thing, but I don't believe it is. It would make sense to me that certain teachers would indeed have keys to the storage yes. closets.
2: Yes. I wouldn't think that. I mean, that—that's you know, I—I I, I don't know how education works in terms of faculty, but I, I would not think that a teacher would just have a storage closet key. I don't know. Like, why would you need it? But you know,
3: a dean, you
1: clears out things out of storage.
3: Yeah, sometimes you need to put things in storage. And then, alternatively, sometimes you need to retrieve things from storage. I mean, do you
2: often find bodies cut open? You know, in, in storage garages? I don't know. I
3: mean, it's, 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 it's uh, at school? No human human bodies. No. Sometimes a rodent. Um, you know, never you never a human. Never a human. As you do. Um, but
2: with the discovery of Cynthia's body in the closet, uh, Julie runs away to kind of scream and cry. She runs at the mark, and Mark's like, what's going on? What's wrong? She's like, get the fuck away from me, and runs into a bathroom where she collapses onto the floor and cries. Uh, Father Jansen later meets with Julie, and she tells him that she can no longer feel safe at this college and wants to leave. He tells her that she's not in any danger, no more danger than I am, and that maybe she should just, you know, go home, get some rest, think about it, come back the next day. But she feels like her mind's made up, but at the same time, he keeps pressing her to just go home and reconsider because I have no one to replace you. Well, Father Jensen, that seems like a real fucking you problem, not a fucking me problem. For me. I mean, Dean, again, you know, you're, you're an educator in the school. If somebody said I'm leaving... You're not going to fucking say, you better fucking stay. I don't have anybody to replace you. I think you would just tell them to go. I don't know if you would tell them to stay.
3: What, like a student?
2: No, no faculty a faculty member. A faculty member came up to you and said, I'm leaving. Oh, well,
3: well, well, I am not, like, that's not, I'm not, like, in my particular role, That's that's not something oh. someone would bring to me. Like, I'm not involved in that side of things. But – if somebody okay. did I'd be like I'd be like, What the fuck are you telling me for? Go right the fuck ahead, you know? Like what am <laughs> I gonna fucking do? <laughs>
0: you
3: know, Well,
1: I'm sure there are proper protocols for leaving one's position. But at the same time too, I'm also sure that like, you know, in a situation similar to this, there are like understandable reasons for one to to depart and i mean i would think that if the dean was to open one of his storage closets and um in the process of opening said storage closet there was one of his fellow faculty members gutted like a fish as the words were in scream and you like a I would fish i think i would think <laughs> that you know that's that's grounds for possible like hey I don't think I can work here anymore. And, I mean, departing I mean, immediately, I would think... <laughs> I don't think it's something where you're like, okay, you know what? I'll hang around for a week or two while you find a replacement. <laughs> I don't I even mean,
0: know about
3: what you're tell him.
0: I think
2: I would just leave. I mean, him. look,
3: all things being fair and equal, if I open the storage closet and, like, one of my colleagues was, like, all hacked up and like, in, in pieces all over the place, like... <laughs> I mean, I don't necessarily, like... Uh, uh, obviously the authorities would be involved and we could try to determine the motive and the suspect, but I don't think that's enough that's going to cause me to immediately quit my job, to be honest, you know, like, good fucking been jobs are been... hard to fucking come by.
0: I'd
2: be fucking out, dude. <laughs> I got <laughs> fucking bills my... to pay, man.
3: Like, if... I got a
1: good job. If... Hey, job I got, fucking get... not I easy got to five come kids to feed.
3: <laughs> I thought you said four.
1: <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I, uh,
2: I think I am this. You got me.
1: <laughs> I, I ain't even married. <laughs> you
2: know, I don't know. If I think I was in school and opened up a storage closet, and my friends fucking got there, I and mean, I'd be like, you know what, check please, I think I'm gonna leave. <laughs> I wouldn't even tell anybody. I was fucking. You would just see the fucking taillights of my car <laughs> leaving the parking lot, and just never show up again. And think no, I'm I'm good. I, I you know what, not even worth a fucking letter resignation just my friend's dead, I'm leaving. I guess, no. I wouldn't be like, I'll stick around for another couple of days. That'll be fine. No, I'm out. <laughs> um, so later we see a faculty member going to a bathroom, and she decides to take this time to further vandalize the as well that she's in by just putting a heart and some a name in there. Uh, but the killer isn't too fond of all that. So before she tries to leave, he stabs her in the stomach and she bleeds out of her mouth and dies. Um, Julie goes to her apartment. It's bombing the, bomb and the basketball blue, over the
3: place. It might cause me to quit. <laughs> Yeah,
2: I think I would leave. I just, I don't know. I'd be like, you know, there's a body count. Like, I would probably be the fucking number one suspect anyway, so I'd be like, ah, oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> you guys don't even fucking deserve me anymore. Like, I'm, I'm out. I'm going to go get another fucking uh, teaching job. Uh, but Julie goes and tells Mrs. Bloom that she's leaving. I paid up through the month. Don't worry about taking my money. Um, Denise, meanwhile, calls up Tony, and she tells him to come over because she needs to talk to him about what happened the previous night. She said she went to talk to Father Williams, and when Father Williams and her did talk, apparently Father Williams did something to her. So he he took her to Poundtown as well. Um, Tony tells her that he'll be right over, and she hangs up the phone. She hears a strange noise coming from her closet. When she opens it up, it's the killer who takes a knife and stabs her in the mouth. So long, Denise. You're my favorite. But she is no longer with us. So Mark calls Julie, but she immediately hangs up on him. She then calls Father Jansen and tells him that she has to see him that particular night because she knows who killed Kathy and Cynthia. He needs to stay. And he's like, you know what? It's not very fucking safe here, like at night. I don't know about that. But he agrees to stay. And then we see him wheeling himself outside to dump a bunch of porno mags in the magazine. I'll take him. I mean, I'll take Big jug Magazine. You yeah, don't I need the do dirty books, uh, I love those
1: dirty, dirty books. Dirty. I mean, it's
2: 1984. They didn't have Pornhub yet, so you have to fucking look at pictures and get off. What a fucking time. Uh, so Mark confronts Joey at her apartment, and he tells her that uh, she thinks she knows something, but she's wrong. And in turn, Joey knees him in the fucking groin, knocks him over on the head before fleeing from the apartment. She races to the college to find Father Jansen and tells him she believes Mark is the killer. Mark then calls the college and finds out that Julie is meeting with Father Jansen, which he's like, oh, shit, Father Jansen? All right, I got to go. So back in Jansen's uh, office, Father Jansen tells Julie that he suffered from sins of the flesh and lost the use of his legs for it. But surprise, bitch, I can actually use my legs. And he gets up pulling a Does knife the from the crucifix that he's been me. holding.
1: He healed me yeah. with...
2: Of
3: oh, mercy.
1: Great fucking okay. weapon
2: reveal, by the way. Having a knife in the fucking crucifix, I was like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> I yeah. just I love that fucking reveal where he pulls a fucking knife out of the crucifix. Um, and Julie, once again, using her fucking knees, knees fucking well, father jimps balls. She's just great with the fucking ball kicks. Like,
0: Mm -hmm. Father
2: Jansen's like, God damn it. And I just love Father Jansen in this moment because he's clearly affected by the ball kick because he's stumbling all over himself, trying to fucking run down the hallway, wielding this fucking knife, um, chasing her into a bathroom where Julie finds the bloodied fucking mutilated body of the female teacher from earlier. Mark arrives at the college desperately looking for Julie Meanwhile, Julie finds her way into an elevator where she's like, "All right, I'm fine. Like, you know, I'm gonna get in this elevator, Jeez, run it down, and then I'll find an escape." No, Aerosmith did though, because that's where love goes down. Um, but I'm
1: what on. she she's really living on
2: the said, edge. Buddy. No, I'm trying. My bad.
1: You know. yeah, but you look
2: the time. like a lady. I mean, why don't you come up and see me sometime? You know, Aerosmith was good at a certain point. And then they weren't, so I mean, that's what I always say. You know, love-hate relationship with Aerosmith. Sometimes they were great, sometimes really bad. <laughs> like Pink, no thank you. I, I don't want that era Aerosmith, you know. And then that fucking song they did for Armageddon, no thank you. Hated that fucking song.
1: Don't want to fall asleep because I'm missing baby. Don't want to miss
2: God, I fucking hate that song, song so much. <laughs> God, it's fucking... Oh, it's on the fucking radio, too. My like, God, this fucking song, that fucking movie star, uh, this know, song
1: sucks. I fucking love I Armageddon. Just he- so I have like, <laughs> zero... Do? I have zero problem uh, with that fucking song, either, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. If it comes on, like... <laughs> hey, I really don't listen to the radio anyway. But, like, if it did... Yeah, chances are I probably would just change the fucking station... But, uh, Easily, but yeah, I, I, I don't like look at it and say to myself, oh, I hate that fucking song. Oh,
2: I, I, I fucking, fucking do, sucks. man! Like fucking
3: songs <laughs> suck so bad.
2: <laughs> and <laughs> I like the, the more time that
3: passes, the worse it fucking. Yeah. yeah, hate it. <laughs>
2: it. Yeah, exactly. You like, haven't right, seen <laughs> hey, And
0: then
3: you close your eyes. Right.
0: <laughs> And then a cancellation. I oh, don't oh, no, Thank god we're together. Like shut Yo, the
3: fuck I'm gonna up send, I'm going to post the link. Uh I don't if I did a few weeks ago, uh remind me, but I'm going to post the link. It's like a it's like a 90 second clip of Affleck's uh commentary from the D, the commentary track <laughs> on the DVD for that and for it's for 90 seconds, it's fucking hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious.
1: I,
2: I, I can't wait for that. That's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah, no, I just want to kiss her eyes and I thank God we're together. Shut the fuck up, Stephen Tyler. <laughs> I mean, it's, no, 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 no. Uh, it's You know, fucking movie's terrible. Like, Bruce Willis never, yeah, never you know, died, you know. You I'm going to kiss her on somebody, fucking like, asteroid. Kiss
1: her on her fucking booty hole. Right? I'm going to fucking kiss her right on
2: the asshole. I'm not going to fucking kiss her eyes. What the fuck are you doing? Fucking weirdo. Um, but uh, so yeah, so Julie's in the elevator. She thinks she's free, but of course she's not. Father Jansen shows up and begins to viciously stab her to fucking death. And I was like, you know what? Fucking, I like it. You think that Julie's gonna I was make it? Shocked. She's I gonna was be like, the final be girl.
1: Me. We're killing the fucking. Okay. We're killing the man right? character. I was like, no shit. <laughs> that is probably like the best. That is like the best and worst surprise in the movie. Huh?
2: Because you fucking know the Father Jansen is the killer, like, not even halfway through the movie. So the fact that they mm-hmm. put that extra twist in there where, like, we're going to kill fucking Julia off. I'm like, no, she was so great. Like, I didn't want to see her die, but she does in the elevator. Mark finds her body. Just as Jansen returns to his wheelchair in his office and calls the police, Mark heads into Father Jansen's office, looks at him, and then sees a bloody crucifix on the wall that hides a knife, and he knows exactly what happened. Father Jantin, Jesus. Wept. Jesus wept. Uh, then we cut to the mental asylum where Jansen, who is revealed to be Daniel Graham, so they forgot halfway through the movie that his name is William Graham, beginning of the movie, and they called him fucking Daniel. Um, oh, well, they forgot. So Anyway, he's Daniel Graham, Graham now. Um, so he is the escape well, he is from earlier. And he is just pulling his best I am fucking psycho, uh, looking at the camera, blaming women for all of his crimes as we reach the end. Splatter, university. And then we cut to the, the end credits. Um, you know, uh, I think, like you had said, go. I think the biggest fucking twist that I enjoyed was the fact that Julie dies at the end because you think she's going to be the ultimate final girl. She's going to live. She's going to make it. She, John
3: dies at the end. Yeah,
2: Julie I Dies at the End, not John, me. but Julie, because John Dies at the End is my favorite book, but, yeah, Julie oh, Dies totally at true, the man. End, but it, it's just a fun movie, and I, the entire time, I kept thinking that fucking Wolf was going to die at some point, and fucking, I was so glad that he survived, because he's a fucking howling motherfucker, you know, just looking for that pussy the entire movie, mm-hmm. you know, every time he kept Aren't popping up, I'm like, oh, no, nope, it's going to fucking happen. You know, I don't want to go to that drive-thru again. People fucking died there. I want to get pussy. But no, maybe that'll be the sequel because I know uh, Richard Haynes is is promoting a book uh, novelization of Splatter University on his Facebook page. Um, Hopefully that goes well. I don't know, Uh, but we'll find out. Um, But either way, that is Splatter University from 1984, the year I was fucking hatched when I came out of my mother's fucking womb. I'm like, you know what? I fucking hate everything. I hate it. I fucking want to die. (laughs) So with that being said, Ghoul, I believe uh, next week it is your film pick of the week. What are you talking about next week on the show?
1: That would be very true. And you know what? Opposed to normal where I'm like, Oh man, I didn't think about any of this. Well, this time I did. I actually have a pick. I'm ready to go. I'm going to make the call right now. We're going to stay within the school setting, you know, for, for starters, we are going to go with something a little more current though. Uh, pretty much brand new to, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, King, I'm not exactly sure where you Writers to find it, but, but I'm sure, I'm sure you will. Um, mm-hmm. King, you can find it on the movies anywhere. Uh,
3: I, I will not be on the show next week.
1: Well, Oh, Oh, that's a bummer, because hmm. you're going to be missing Bring It On, Cheer or Die.
3: Oh, man. (laughs) I would have liked to have have seen this Maybe I'll watch it anyway. I would have liked to have seen that.
2: Yeah, me too, because I know that uh, previous guest of the show, uh, she was a previous guest on the show, Rebecca McKendry, actually co-wrote Bring It On, Cheer or Die. Uh, so I've been Uh-oh. looking to check this out so yeah, I mean that's a fucking rental easily you know for me so I'm looking forward to talking about Bring It On Cheer or Die you know sticking with the the uh, school setting I'm really looking forward to it actually so first time watch for me so we're all going to be birds very on nice. this bus
1: indeed so, you so know and I, and I I like the original Bring It On I thought it was a, a funny sarcastic yeah. take I know they they made like Two or three other films after that that I didn't see any of the sequels.
0: Um, Did they wow. with the
1: original? I do. I do remember having a lot of fun watching. So I, I know this was a weird twist for the Bring It On series to go with, uh, but I am uh, I'm here for it.
2: Burr, It's cold in here. here. The Torah's in the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love that fucking first movie. Eliza Dusku in her fucking it's prime. prime. So mm-hmm. fucking hot
1: in mm-hmm. that movie. And Kirsten yeah, Dunst I mean, too, you know what I mean? She was definitely... Kirsten a Dunst. Dunst. Like, I've, never per- yeah. I've never personally found Kirsten Dunst to be very attractive, but that was the period of time no. where she was like what I guess most would consider the most attractive as far as her career goes. I love the kid that was always slipping his finger up the girl's asses. Like, that was just fucking great. <laughs> <brain. laughs> yeah. yeah
2: I got it. That movie is memorable. I'm a big fan of that. So we'll be talking about the horror turn. Or bringing on share or die next week on the show unfortunately the Dean won't be joining us but it'll be a classic uh, ghoul and King episode which I'm looking forward to uh, but all right uh, Dean want to go ahead and sign yourself off and we'll see you back here in two weeks which and will, everyone, be I will be
3: I will be sure to alert you all of my pick uh, before uh, the end of the show next week so you can make the grand announcement that people wait so patiently to hear about
1: I know I do,
2: so I'm looking forward to it. But all right, cool. Why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off?
1: Well, stay scared, everybody.
2: Stay scared. Be excited. Be excited for next week for bringing on Cheer or Die. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Power, NDG. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. Hail, Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail, Odorous watch horror movies, keep America strong, and we'll see you back here next week for a classic King and Ghoul episode of Bring It On, Cheer or Die. And as always, like the ghoul always says, stay scared, people. Stay scared. Suck my
0: t-